Hello, my name is Diane Schindler. You are listening to In the Know. This podcast show includes writing tips, travel tips, and my views of life from savvy and thoughtful to quirky and humorous. I hope you enjoy the show. Good morning. This is Diane Schindler, a voice from your past, perhaps, <laughs> coming to you from Manchesterio, Portugal. My first podcast since December 31st of last year when I moved from Madeira, Madeira Island, Portugal, to the mainland here, Manchesterio, Portugal. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't done any podcasts. I haven't recorded or released any podcasts since December. I've spent all my time, this may sound familiar to you if you keep in touch with me, I have spent all my time consumed, steeped in writing my third novel, a mystery thriller, working title, The Secrets of Selby. The setting is 2013 in a fictional small town on the eastern shore of Virginia. Population 1,239. The Secrets of Selby is a sequel to Claim Denied, a thriller I published last year. The setting for Claim Denied was Pristina Kosovo, with protagonists Margot Evelyn Hart and major character Gray Valentin. So The Secrets, my third novel, begins with Margot escaping what she considers a shameful past. And of course, the shame about her past will not allow her to share what happened to her and Pristina Kosovo. She's determined to hide her past, to leave it all behind, to bury it, to forget it. It's her secret she will never reveal. But of course, you and I both know that's not possible. Certainly not in a novel. So part one of this podcast is really about my new novel. I'll try not to spend a lot of time on that. And also, Monstrio, this new community the good news and the challenges I've had in Monstrio and what I've been doing lately. So thank you so much for joining me. So as I said, once again, I'm steeped in writing this book. I began putting pen to paper or fingers to keyboard this past December. I started with the skeletal draft outline a la Steph Green, who teaches how and why to write such a skeletal outline, not with Roman numerals and phrases, but rather just writing down as fast as possible the protagonist's actions with dialogue. Action and dialogue. Action and dialogue. My skeletal outline was about 17,000 words. And then, using that document, I began sketching out the structure of this mystery thriller. Beyond Acts 1, 2, and 3, I included the inciting moment, the hook, the stunning surprise 1, climax, the midpoint, stunning surprise 2, the obligatory scenes in Act 3, and denouement, but, but, but wait, 
I think I'm bored with this. I bet you are bored with it too. If you're not into writing, this is all Greek. Question in your mind and certainly in mine is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when is this novel, novel, when is this novel going to be published? Well, by the time I get it ready for my editor and she has it for at least a month, gets it back to me with her thoughts and suggestions and I incorporate those thoughts and suggestions and publish it. It's probably going to be September or maybe later. Let's keep, and you will help me, please. Let's keep our fingers crossed so I can have a life beyond writing. Soon as I get that novel published, soon as this thing is published, I'm going to celebrate. And how will I celebrate? I'm going back to the United States, to Hamilton, Ohio, to visit my mother, Helen Ledford, who is 96 years old and in a nursing home there. She's in pretty good health, but her mind has been deteriorating since she had shingles and the shingles settled in her brain and she had seizures about 11 years ago, but her mind has deteriorated now uh, to where she struggles for every word. It wasn't long ago when I visited her and talked to her over the phone I would say, this is your daughter, Diane, and she would say, I don't have a daughter, Diane. I would say, okay, and she and I then would sing. I would lead her in the songs that we sang as kids when I was a kid, like a tisket, a tasket, and you are my sunshine, and merzy dots and dozy dots and little lambsy divy, a kiddly divy too, wouldn't you? I mean, she was chimed in on those songs. And during that time, she would say, as we were singing, you sound just like my daughter, Diane. And I would say, that's because I am your daughter, Diane. And then she would say, I don't have a daughter, Diane. So I kind of miss that now because... She struggles to find every word now, so I'm looking forward to visiting her. And then also, I will go to North Carolina and visit for a week or so my bestest writing buddy, Daryl Bollinger. He's written eight thrillers. Well, I'm so jealous of him. He and his lovely wife, June, live in the mountains of North Carolina, so I'll visit them for a few weeks. That will be my celebration. So that's the first part of this podcast. Let's go on to the second. As I said, I haven't recorded a podcast since December. Why, 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 why? Besides, besides writing like a crazed fool, I moved from Madeira Island, Portugal, to the mainland, to Monsterio. Monsterio, Portugal is on the Iberian Peninsula. It's a 30-minute train ride going east to Lisbon, all along the incredible Atlantic Ocean, where I can look out the window and see cliffs and beaches. My apartment, by the way, is just one kilometer downhill, the kind of treacherous limestone tiles to the ocean. So I love my location and my apartment faces east and west. That is the morning, the glorious morning sun shines in this huge living room slash office window and then 
in the evening, my kitchen and bedroom are bathed in golden sun. Just so you know, in December, here, where I am located in Portugal, the night lasts almost 15 hours. Now, late April, early May, the sun rises around 6.30 a.m. and sets at 8.30. There's something about the Portugal sun. Shines 300 days a year. Very, very bright. You need sunglasses every day. Love that. Anyway, I digress. I moved in December without a stick of furniture. But today, I have everything I need. I have a sofa, a love seat, that is to say, a love seat, two TVs, one in the bedroom, one in the living room. I have all the chairs I need, tables, a bed, two chests of drawers, dishes, pots and pans, a coffee machine, and my most prized possession, a milk mixer. The milk mixer heats and foams milk for my coffee. Every morning, every afternoon, I have my coffee. Now, just as I quickly listed my furniture and apartment living essentials, you need to know this in no way reflects the lack of ease the challenges and difficulties I face to furnish this apartment. I mean, there aren't furniture stores. You walk down the street and find these great big furniture stores that you can pick from. There is Kashkai Shopping Mall, which has a big furniture store, but uh, it's not my cup of tea. So I've ordered all my furniture online from Ikea. I remember Ikea years ago was really poorly designed furniture, not so anymore. It's really beautiful. My whole apartment is Ikea. Um, I have the, you know, the um, tan and earth tones. No photos, no pictures on the walls at this point, but I have beautiful, beautiful green live plants adding that splash of green to all these beautiful earth tones. I have a confession though, you know, I really kind of like to put furniture together. I used to work with my dad all the time and he and I worked in the garage and I helped him with carpentry. So I like putting the furniture, putting the pieces together to make the furniture come alive. There's a sense of accomplishment with that, but I have to confess about putting my bed together. Now I got my mattress long before I got the bed frame. January, I think. I didn't get the bed frame until at least a month later, but finally the bed frame came. I started assembling it. It took me all day. It took me like five or six hours. And when it was all together, imagine my surprise when I realized I had done it incorrectly. As a matter of fact, the bed was designed for either two single mattresses or one full mattress. I had a full mattress, but of course, I put it together as if it would have two single mattresses, resulting in this three-inch hump straight down the full length of the bed. I thought to myself, no one will ever notice. I won't notice, and no one will ever notice this hump in the middle of the bed, especially since I haven't, um, I haven't had uh, 
I stammer because I haven't had a relationship in over a hundred years. So no one would care. I wouldn't care. So I stra I stretched that fitted sheet over my mattress. I crawled in. The hump wouldn't allow me, you know, made me roll to the side of the bed. So I got out of the bed. I shifted the mattress. I shifted the bed frame and I got back in. It was useless. No way could I sleep in this bed. So, of course, I disassembled it completely. I started over from scratch. Took me two days to put the bed together properly. And now love my bed. I really love it. Let me take a moment to bring your attention to my latest novel, Claim Denied. It's a thriller which takes place in Pristina, Kosovo, where I worked as a writing consultant for the American University for about eight months. Let me read to you one of the reviews on Amazon about Claim Denied. It's entitled Great Whodunit set in an intriguing location of Kosovo. This is written by Bookish, that's all I know, no name, and it was reviewed in the United States in August. Bookish says, I needed a good read and stumbled upon Claim Denied. I'm glad I purchased it. The storyline is well-paced, and the characters are interesting to say the least. The main character, Margot, is the enduring lover who refuses to quit investigating the death of someone dear. I learned a lot about Kosovo from this story. If you would like to read a well-written thriller, you will enjoy Claim Denied. Well, thank you, bookish. I appreciate it so much. A lot of people have purchased my book, but only few have reviewed it. And this is a um, phenomenon, just not specific to, to me but it happens with everyone or just fewer people who are willing to review. If you've read Claim Denied and you enjoyed reading it, please post a review on Amazon. If you haven't purchased the book, in the United States, you can order it at your local indie bookstore or in the United States or outside the United States, you can buy it on Amazon. So how do I like my new home in Montreal? Besides all the furniture, let me say, this has certainly been an adjustment. I have experienced lots of challenges, more than I care to talk about now. I really don't even want to revisit them. Perhaps in another podcast, I will tell you some of the lows slash highlights of my adjustments. Let me say one of the most challenging is that I was cold most of January and February. I'm told that this cold was unusual. Lord, I hope so. You know, I was in Florida for so many years, and even when I traveled the world in those 46 countries for four years, I mostly went to warm climates. This was really hard. I bought sweaters, heavy sweatpants, robes, plural, throws, plural. I bought two pairs of slippers, and I wore both of them at the same time with socks and leg warmers. And when that didn't work, as I was watching TV or sitting at my desk typing, I got the duvet, the downfield comforter from my bed and wrapped myself in it. It was pathetic. Now note, I wasn't cold at night because as I said, I had this wonderful duvet cover. It was lovely, toasty, toasty, but boy, to get up in the morning, whew. Well, thankfully that has passed. Now it's cool in the morning. I can actually put my feet on the floor without freezing. It ends up being about 70 degrees in my apartment during the day, in the morning, I, sh I should say. 
and in the evenings it cools down a bit, but during the day it's pretty warm. Lately there's a stiff wind, which makes for beautiful clothes drying hanging outside my window. I think I'm over the cold for now. I've walked all around my community, and I have found cool restaurants and coffee shops, everything from traditional Portuguese to health food cuisine, a vegetable and fruit stand right around the corner, and a grocery store, just five-minute walk. So I've adjusted by putting my furniture together. I've adjusted to the cold for now. We'll see what happens again in the fall. And I have found everything that I need in this community. So what have I been doing? What have I been doing besides adjusting to my new environment? Well, I went to Spain twice. I went to Madrid in September. And I also went to Malaga uh, just this early April. I met my, fri uh, my friend Jan from Amelia Island, nurse, nurse practitioner and elder law attorney Jan Carver. And I met for the first time Jan's friend, Jan. <laughs> Another Jan from London, who is a retired undercover detective for Scotland Yard. Imagine the stories. We had so much fun for a week. We also went to the Rock of Gibraltar. We had a great time. I walk to Kashkaish nearly every Sunday one kilometer down to the ocean. I walk along the ocean on the promenade to Kashkaish, which is farther west. It's about a total of about 40-minute walk, and I usually have a meal at the Masala Indian restaurant. I'm a regular there. They look forward to seeing me every week. I had to train them, by the way, to look forward to seeing me every week. <laughs> But I love that restaurant. I love the wine. I usually have the vindaloo, the lamb vindaloo, and uh, oh my gosh, the garlic naan, white wine, lovely. I also have weekly coffee and or lunch with Sedalia Piment. I met Sedalia in January of 2016 and when I first left the United States for my four-year trek. I first went to Madeira Island and I stayed in her Airbnb. She and I bonded. I've kept with up with her all these years and she's she was instrumental in helping me move to Portugal. She and her son now live near me on the mainland, Shay, her gorgeous 17-year-old son, so I see her weekly. I joined a group and you know I'm not a groupie. That is to say I don't join groups very much because as much as I am an extrovert, I also am an introvert and I and I really like my alone time, but I joined a group in Kashkaish, it's called the International Women of Portugal. I met women from Ohio. Imagine, I met a woman from Mount Gilead, which is this teeny tiny town that I used to drive through when I would go to Columbus, to, through Columbus to visit my mom and dad when they lived in Hamilton, Ohio. And also a woman who lived in Akron, Ohio. And she went to the University of Akron. I went to the University of Akron. I got my master's degree and PhD in the University of Akron. So it was a real treat to meet two women from Ohio. So I like that group of women. They have wine tasting events, other events, and then they meet for coffee every Tuesday. And so I try to join them. 
It's a good way to meet interesting people, interesting women from all over the world. Most recently, just two days ago, I had the best experience I think I've had since I've been here. I went, actually attended all day long the professional men's international tennis tournament, the Studio Open tennis tournament at the Studio Tennis Club just a few minutes from my apartment. I saw four great matches, Chilic, Corda, Verdasco, Gasquet, men I had seen on TV, only seen on TV. It was a small venue, so it was up close and personal. It was a beautiful day. I also had lunch yesterday with Sedalia and my friend Nelia from Madata. We went to the a restaurant, Barada de Guia restaurant in Kashkaish, right on the ocean, right on the ocean. Wow, wow, wow. Well, there are photos of that lunch, and I have photos of uh, the tennis tournament and a few other photos for your entertainment in the show notes. Be sure to take a to take a look. It is lovely here, not without its challenges, not without its challenges, the cold, the Portuguese bureaucracy, the fact that I live in a Portuguese community, no one speaks English, and so I'm working hard to make friends, and it's not easy. They look at me like, who the heck are you? Anyway, I'm going to crack that nut. I'm so happy I made this move. I look forward to making friends here. I look forward to getting more settled, finishing my damn book. I look forward to Monstrial being my home base as I travel the world again. Thank you so much for listening to In The Know. If you would like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing and sharing it with your family and friends. You can like this episode, leave a comment, and even add a rating. Your support is very important to the success of In The Know. Thank you for listening and see you next time.